Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Strand Tennis Center podcast, filled with tips, advice, tennis, not tennis, just life advice too, whatever you need. Uh, like it on YouTube, share it on uh, the podcast as well. Thank you. That shine bright like a diamond. Are we on, Santi? We're shining bright like a diamond like Rihanna was, Hardy. <laughs> what did you think of the Super Bowl show, Hardy? It was... Uh... Fantastic. <laughs> <I love laughs> the it. halftime show shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> You're not on, are you? Yeah, we are on, of course, Chris. Oh, this really? is what we this is. is real. This is real, Hardeman. We go right through it. Our director's here. We're talking Super Bowl. It was a hell of a game, though, Hardeman. It was a... Come on, it's all right. You can <laughs> talk about game, Jim. What are we... What are we... It's a gym room. Patrick Mahomes gate shows some real toughness out there. <laughs> the strand has become a football podcast, you think right? That he really had a high ankle sprain. I mean, he. Play? I mean, listen, I don't want to, but he cried like a baby. It seemed like, and then he was fine. Like what? Like what did they do in the halftime? He, it seemed like he was in tremendous pain, right? I mean, they gave him something. They gave him something, but I mean, all of a sudden, did you see his eyes during the second half? They were a little no. wild. He was a little wild. You think they were? Maybe. What can they legally <laughs> give you? Isn't isn't there drug testing now? Um, NFL, right? Isn't there? Isn't there drug testing? Yeah, right. You can't like. Well, can you even give them painkillers? They can. Oh yeah, sure. You can give them. Pain. I'm sure they. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it the narrative? Do they want to, you know, say, "Oh, he's so tough. You know, he overcame whatever." Is that part of it? I don't know. <laughs> well, they're saying, "Well, he didn't get painkillers. He just overcame it. He just went home. He went at halftime, did some deep breathing exercises." Wasn't there over? a gymnast? I forget her name. There was a gymnast who she would jump up and down on her ankle to numb it. And Are you kidding would, me? Yeah, to when she like spritz was wow. like ankle. like a, a gold I medalist this one time. Yeah, some Olympic gymnast did that one time. Maybe he was jumping up and down in the in the locker room. Huh? You know, I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it could be. I guess to keep the blood flow going because it'll swell up. So I guess it was like day of maybe game time. So you just keep it moving. Like people have sprained their ankles. If they keep moving, it'll be all right. But then it blows up at the at the next day. So you can't play. Yeah. He's probably maybe he's maybe he's laid up, which would make sense, which I, I understand, you know. But that game, well, we're talking about the game, but that game was like <laughs> I told you last time. It seems like the last person had the ball was going to win. Yeah, no one could stop anybody, yeah. right, Santi? Santi, Santi, thumbs up. Yeah, but great, Chris. No, I mean that's that's exactly what it seemed like. But um, you know, it, when you watch these games, it's amazing how quickly things can turn and. That, the craziest play to me um, was the was the punt return, right? By, oh, by Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. I mean, it just seemed like a complete breakdown. Like they didn't they didn't stop him at all. What did you think about the uh, penalty, though? That said, that was the whole game. They said yeah, everyone wants to talk about the the penalty. Well, he did was, hold him. He held him. Uh, I don't know. I I think that it was a valid call. I think yeah. it interfered with the the play. I don't think you can argue you know? with it. You can argue with the timing and say, oh, it's not the right time to do it. But it was a penalty. I mean, this is sort of the the broader question, right? About you know football and and <laughs> <laughs> we're talking football. Well, this is a little bonus episode, but we'll get to it. Cut. Finish your point. Yeah, I was just. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the, camera, center, the man behind the camera. He's the man behind the camera is taking aspirin. He's like Patrick Mahone's over here. Did you injure your ankle walking to the camera over there, Sunday? He's taking bare aspirin. This guy. He's, still, he's, like, he's, still, about he's still rolling. He's like, keep rolling. You he just keep it rolling. rolling. He's, he's jumping up and down. He's right jumping now. up and down. You guys, I wish you could see this. This is crazy. Sunday's incredible. This is crazy. He's sitting there watching the camera with a busted ankle. 
God. No, I, I, I think that uh, in sports like football, you know, unlike tennis, right, it's, it's a little subjective, right? Like, what is a catch? Well, there's a specific definition of a catch. It's in the eye of the beholder a little bit. It's up to the interpretation. The holding is, again, it's, it's something where it happens all the time. Do they interfere with the play? Again, it's sort of up to the refs. Do they not throw the flag? Do they not throw the flag at the end of the Super Bowl because they don't want to be accused of interfering with the outcome? I think that's a, there's an element of that, too. Like in the NBA playoffs, you see that. They, yep. You know, somebody should have, you know, taken their second technical and somehow they just have a license to, to murder somebody on the court, basically, because it's... Whoa, that's good microphone work, Santi. That's guy, he's got an ankle injury. That's the problem. <laughs> when you have an ankle injury, you lose the mic. But that'll bring us up to a point, Chris, as he fixed this. Whoa, as my mic is moving, too. This is a big-time set. This is like the Joe Rogan set. <laughs> Joe Rogan, how much did he spend in Austin for his set? Probably a half a million dollars, a couple million, more than that. Several million. Look at us. We don't need it. We got a firm mic at table. And a good attitude. <laughs> We're back to the so that brings me to the point of <laughs> he's banging me, <laughs> banging into me. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> the technical aspects of this thing. Do you like, because we're talking about reviews, this is why I want to bring it up to this topic. It's perfect. Yeah. The line calling. Do you like the fact that it's just out of the loop? Intense. The calls line, yeah. The line is called. It doesn't matter. You don't like the human error. Blah blah blah. What do you think about it? I uh, I like that it's automatically called. I think that it's um, because it's so subjective. I'm sorry, it's so objective. Yeah. You know, it's not subjective at all. You don't need an element of human error for something like calling the lines in tennis because uh, it's only going to cause problems. What's the benefit of having, you know, the the human element? Um, you just have to be a purist or a traditionalist, I guess. Um, yeah. That's the only reason why you would, to me, why you would oppose that. What do, yeah. what do you think? No, I think it, I think it takes all the stress out of the whole thing. I think it, it's even better. It even got better when they le- had the challenge. That was even worse because just get rid of the lines people in general, right? They just can't do a great job. Why should the person have to challenge? And if they run out of challenges, right, they can't challenge anymore and blah, blah, blah. So, correct. It, I think it makes it so much easier and so much clearer, clearer to just... Now, what do you think? Do you think they're going to eventually get rid of an umpire? Well, I think you have to have an umpire because there's still... There's still someone. Someone needs to run the show, you know. And, and I mean, what if it's just automated? They make the score. They, somebody. There, there's yep. still point penalties that the umpire sometimes will call. They got to enforce. Yeah. The, the, you know, I mean, remember there is a, a, a play clock, right? In yep. tennis, you know, they have to serve in a certain amount of time. Um, he's got to quiet the crowd. I mean, he has a role. The line yeah. judges, I don't, I don't think as much. Yeah. Um, what do you think about speaking of tennis being more popular or whatever it is with this? Uh, Breakpoint. Did you watch any of it on Netflix? Yeah, I watched some of Breakpoint. Um, what did you think? I, th- I thought it was good. I, I, I thought it, to me, like, I almost, I, I feel like it would be, I would have liked it more if I didn't know so much about tennis already, if that makes sense, and in professional tennis. Like, if I was being introduced to these players for the first time, I just think, for example, the Nick Kyrgios episode, Yeah. right, my take on that is, like, you know, if I hadn't, if I'd never seen him, you know, play a match and have a temper tantrum on the court yeah, and all, all those kind of things, I would have thought one thing, Yeah. Um, you know, from watching that. But I was kind of watching it, and I'm like, well, you know, 
I kind of know this guy's deal. I learned more by watching him have that temper tantrum than watching the whole episode. I think, like you were saying, I think they're trying to get people into the sport more. So they're like saying, you know, there's two sets. There's, you know, it's six, six games to win a set. Like it's very, very, <laughs> yeah, it's true. very dumbed down for people that don't know about tennis, which is, which is fine. But I guess you're right. If I didn't know anything about tennis, it wouldn't bother me at all. Mm -hmm. To me, maybe that's why I love Formula One, because it's the same producers, right? Because I don't know a ton about Formula One. But to that's me, true. the show gets better based on the, the people, like Berrettini and those people. They're just more, the more, like, Kyrgios is just not a humble guy, and he's not, yeah. he's just not, like, he doesn't feel very authentic. The more authentic the person is, the more you get into their mindset, and that's what's good about tennis because it's more of a strategic thing. Formula yeah. One's fun because it's so, it's so uh, you, who knows what's going to happen, right? It's so fast-paced. Tennis is much more cerebral, so you've got to like the subject that you're talking about, the person, how they're taking things in, like the relationship with, with, yeah. with him and his girlfriend at the time. All those things have got to be interesting because the game – is all in the head, right? It's not like Fast and Furious and blah, 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 and accident could happen and all this stuff. You've <laughs> got to like the person that they're doing the subject. Like they always said, a documentary is all about the subject matter. If the subject matter is not interesting, does it matter how great the filming is and all that? I think, and then the doll part, I thought that was great at the French Open. If you saw mm -hmm. that one, I don't know. Like the little intimidation that Nadal creates when he's sitting there waiting yeah. Waits, puts his bag right in the center. He's jogging right in front of you and sprinting past you. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, I mean, fucking Casper Roots probably just like, he was done. Like, even before he walked out, he's like, this guy is just shuffling right. And he's like, I hope, you know, it's, well, that is a great thing to see. The other thing, too, this is a, such an interesting dynamic. And this is something I think it's, it's pretty new, right? For these guys to be playing this late into their 30s. Correct. It's, it's even in some cases, almost a 40, right? It's, it's just a strange thing. It's abnormal, yeah. So, you know, Casper Rude, he trained at Nadal's Academy, yep. right? He did. And when you're at the Nadal Academy, like the grand prize of being the best kid there is you get to <laughs> face Nadal. And then he, you know, beats you. He, he beats you in a match the and you get humiliated. And then he takes you on the golf course and then he beats you there too. That's the thing. He's like a crazy competitor. It's, it's, it's hard to not be overwhelmed <laughs> by the guy that you were looked up to and all this stuff. It's and then tough. you got to play him in the French Open final. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing as, you know, these guys, you know, like going back to football, you know, they're getting Tom Brady's autograph after they, <laughs> after they play him in the game. It's just kind of odd that these yeah. guys are this, you know, at that age and then there's kids who are 18, 19, 20 or, or you know, they're playing it. That's a good point because tennis players usually didn't last that long. You don't have your hero. You're not playing against your hero. It doesn't really happen. Right. Quarterbacks sometimes, right? They can last long. They can play to 38, 39, and if you're 19. Sure. Sure. But I don't know. I think that was the only thing I wanted to discuss. I wanted to ask you those two questions about lines. What do you think about the show? What do you think about, you know, tennis in general? Is it? My other thing is tennis and pickleball. Like, what do you think? Do you think pickleball is going to have a wave and it's going to die down? Or is it going to be like, you know, where LeBron is owning a team and Brady owns a team and they're like a million bucks, these teams. Are they going to be billion-dollar franchises or no? Well, I don't think so, and here's why. My, for me, I like pickleball. I do like it. I think it's a great... It's a great social activity. That's my that's my take on it. I think it's great. 
you can take somebody out there who's never played it before and teach them, and they can you can play with them. And once you've played it for a while, you can go play with your friends, or you can join a group, you can play routinely, and that's sort of how it's been working. I think that's great. But do I see there being a high school pickleball team, a Division One pickleball team, a professional pickleball team? I understand that there is a you know a championship. I mean, it exists. There's a championship of spike ball too. I don't. You know what I mean? It's to oh, me, there it's is. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, there is. Um, in Tennessee, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Chris would know this. Uh, but I don't, I don't see pickleball going that way. So for me, when you you have LeBron and you have Tom Brady, sort of betting on that success, I don't know. I don't really see. I don't really see it going that way. What do you think? Well, these were my takes. This is my only observation. I think pickleball is a great participation sport. I don't think it's a huge spectator sport. And I could be totally wrong. I think we talked about this before. But the key to watching something on TV is you're watching something that you can't necessarily do, right? An athlete Mm -hmm. does something unbelievable, and you're so impressed by it, and it makes you want to watch these incredible athletes do these things. So my perfect example is Sam Querrey is retiring. He's trying to play pickleball, right? So Sam Querrey is a top 10 player. I couldn't do what he did. But the whole key to pickleball is it neutralizes – all of these incredible assets these people have. So Sam Query can't hit at 120 mile an hour serve. He can't rock, like, he's got to dink <laughs> it like everybody else. He can't yeah. do any of those athletic things that you see him do. So when I watch it, it's not interesting because everyone can do this sport. And on the highest level, you can compete with Sam Query because the game itself neutralizes his ability to do something. So I don't know. Is it going to be like them giving Serena several million dollars to go play and it's just a fun thing to go watch and people will buy a ticket because she's already a celebrity? I don't know. But I, that's, my, that's my problem. I could be totally wrong. I could be totally, completely wrong in saying, listen, people just like to watch Ben Johns, who's number one in the world, and these people, even though he was a tennis player and he's just – I don't find it exciting to watch the point, but good. I uh, I think you're right. That's a that's a great point. But I don't think that's a I don't think it's a bad thing. In other words, like I think that it, you know the whole positive of it is that, like you said, it neutralizes things and it makes it possible for people to play. Yeah. So what makes it great is what makes it not necessarily a good spectator sport. You know what I mean? Okay. That, what makes it what makes it a great game in that sense? It, you know. Do you um, think? Would you buy? Would you, can you see Arthur Ashe Stadium being sold out with a pickleball final? I don't. I can't. I, I can't, can't see, see it. it. I mean, I just can't see that. I again, I could be the biggest idiot in the world. I just can't see it. It's not fast enough. The game doesn't seem like when you watch two tennis players rocket balls like. It's very different than watching the pickleball. I just especially live too. Yeah, it's it's crazy the the speed Uh, of the tennis ball, you know. And if you go to the U.S. Open, you go to Arthur Ashe, and you hear the sound of the ball hitting the racket. It's insane. I mean, it's so it's so loud. It shows you. uh, It it gives inspires that awe that you get when you see, um, you know, professional athletes. In general, like you see, you know, when you see a baseball pitch at 100 miles an hour in person, it's yeah. like, you're kind of like, wow, 
It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I um, mean, I, I don't know if these tennis players are going to take it seriously as well. Who knows if they're going to? I don't know if they're going to, you know, be condescending towards it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're like, oh, let's pick a ball. We're going to make some money. Like, I have a, a trouble seeing, like, Query taking it seriously or Isner, Isner taking it seriously. And that's going to be – you can't be condescending out there either. I just have that feeling. But yeah. I, I, I could be way off. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, what do you – I mean, I mean <laughs> – it needs an influx of sponsorship money like crazy. Like you need IBM, you need all these, and it'll just be worth money. It needs to have a TV. You need to have TV rights. It's got to be bought on TV. Like all of that is where these. The reason why the NBA is worth billions and the NFL, you know, it's because of the TV contracts, right? So they well, got to sell it to TV. There is that element. But what about this side? What about the side of it where, you know, kids play tennis, they play basketball, they play any number of these sports. And they want to be as good as the players are seeing on TV. Correct. It's aspirational. And they can't, except for an extremely small number of them. And they're just working and working and working to try to be the best competitor that they can be. So none of that exists for pickleball right now. There's no infrastructure like that. Even if you were to put it in place, that would take a long time, of course. But let's say you did. Yeah. It, it, is it going to be that way? Or would, would kids at, treat it that way? Or, but, again, but, is it just something fun? I mean, and, and there's again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually, again, I think to me that's a good thing. I like that it's fun. I like that it's a, it levels the playing field a little bit. But look at – but you're right. It could be, right? Look at Super Bowl One. It wasn't even televised live. Which uh, I, I forget which – like, it took 40 years, right? So maybe it will. It wasn't even on live. The NBA in the 70s was on tape delay, the NBA Finals. <laughs> So maybe it's, maybe it's true. It's just going to take time. Maybe it's going to take some superstar in pickle to inspire all these little kids to want to play and blah, 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 like a grassroots thing. Do I don't you know. think it's Santi? Is he the superstar? <laughs> it well, he's, he's already taken aspirin doing camera work, so I don't know if he's got, <laughs> I don't know if he's got the snuff for it. <laughs> kids got to hit the gym. He's weak, weak. <laughs> but I just want to have this little talk with you, Chris, because I know you're busy. He's our director organizing. <laughs> scheduling, <laughs> booking, well, always booking. You know, yeah. well, always got time for you. He's always got time for me. <laughs> Look at this. All right, everybody, thank you for this little bonus cast. Just want to talk about a little pickleball, a little tennis, a little technical stuff. Thank you. Bye. Hey, everybody, hope you like the podcast. Please share with your friends, anybody that you know, anybody that's into tennis, anybody that's into bettering themselves, share it. <laughs>